0: You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. John DeJulius is the authority on world-class customer experience. He's an international consultant, keynote speaker, and best-selling author of five customer service books. His newest book, The Relationship Economy, Building Stronger Customer Connections in the Digital Age. John isn't just talking about it. He lives it as a very successful entrepreneur. He's the founder of three businesses, The DeJulius Group, John Roberts Spa, and Believe in Dreams, a nonprofit that helps make dreams come true for deserving children. John talks to us today about how to make customer service our greatest competitive advantage.
1: another episode of the Scaling Culture Podcast. Uh, I'm Ron Lovett, your host, and I'm completely honored and excited to have John DeJulius with us today, who joins us from Cleveland, Ohio. John, welcome.
2: Hey, Ron. Such a, a pleasure to be on your uh, podcast.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, I was stoked when you, um, when you accepted our invitation, so thank you for that, and I'm sure our listeners were really excited. Your name had come up. We always ask, you know, who would you like to have on here? Your name came up multiple times, so we were really excited to have you. Uh, John, I want to actually go back uh, to a few things. One, I want to thank you because uh, whether you know or not, but my story in the private security industry—the first time I saw you speak was at a Vern Harnish, um, uh, a scaling up conference. I think it was in Vegas, way back. Is that I don't know if that rings a bell. Anyway,
2: yeah, 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 2015. Yeah,
1: I think it was, and the 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 stuff that the content that you provide me on stage was just whacking me in between the eyes. And I was leaving, you know, you know, after that session, I literally called our our entire group and said, we need to get on a call. Here's the things we need to implement right now from a customer service standpoint. It was just, just phenomenal. You to me were so far advanced and just, and also it wasn't theory. There was very practical things we were able to use. So one I want to thank you and of course um, the next time we met was at EMP uh, where you spoke uh, I think it was year two for our, our class at the Entrepreneur's Master Program. And I remember you were saying, you know, and you should do something that that just surprises someone and, and, and delights them in ways that will just catch them off guard. And, I ra- and, and, and you said, do you have any stories? I raised my hand. I don't remember this, John. I said, yeah, yeah. Well, well, John, I just want to thank you. So I wrote about you in my book. You're on a page, you know, 87. I showed it to you. you kind of blushed. I don't know if you don't know what to do, John. You were a little taken back. <laughs>
2: Well, that's
1: not a normal response from an audience, which is really cool. Thank you. And and I want to start off very quickly with the, I've, I would say, maybe the funniest uh, story I've heard from a business perspective. And I'm going to get some of these details uh, wrong, John, but there was a story you told about maybe this was 2008, you had a hair salon. And across the street, you know, business was tough. And someone put on the sign. They said, we are now going to offer $20 haircuts. And your staff was like, oh, my God, you were the high end place. And your staff was freaking out. What are we going to do? How are we going to defend this? And you nice and calmly said, no problem. Our sign's going to say, we fixed $20 haircuts.
2: <laughs> yeah, We yeah. don't get in price wars. We compete in experience wars.
1: I and love so, that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And so, so John, tell me. You know, I know culture's near and dear. You, you, to me, are also, whether you see it or not, an advocate for frontline staff and getting the culture right and, and, and you know, convincing business owners or, you know, um, conveying to them the, the importance of getting your frontline staff involved in the business. But for you, when was your aha moment in culture, i.e., you know, I think this needs to be done differently in your own business. What was your aha moment of like, oh, my God, this is so important. Culture's now important. Mine was reading the book Knox. I had this big aha. What was your aha moment?
2: Yeah. You know, almost 30 years ago, we started our first business, which was a very little uh, 900 square foot salon at the time. And it was just really difficult. Like at first, you know, we were pretty good at customer service because 50% of the staff was me and my wife. So, whether you wanted to or you didn't, you had to, you know, kind of because you had to work with us all day. But as we started expanding and knocking down walls and opening new locations, our customer experience started, um, you know, being more inconsistent because we weren't there next to everyone every day. And so, a couple of things, you know, I, I realized first, we're expecting, you know, frontline customer facing employees to deliver world class, and they don't know what world class is. Um, you know, I don't know about you, Ron, but I didn't grow up, you know, flying first class, driving a Mercedes Benz when I turned 16, um, you know, staying at five-star resorts.
1: I still don't fly first class or drive Mercedes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the first, you know, job and every job after that I got I was expected to give that type of experience, which, you know, was was unrealistic because mm-hmm. I didn't know what it looked like. So we realized that we, you know, what happened on the inside would happen on the outside. And right. then the other thing was, you know, just really hiring, you know, good people. And, 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 and I, we, I believe it's more important. So I love asking this question um, every time I open a speech to the audience. I say, if you're gonna build a world-class customer service company, yeah. Um, you know, be at a hot dog stand, restaurant, accounting from whatever it is. What is that more important? The, the hiring of new employees yeah. or the training and culture you put them into? And I say, before you answer, all right, everyone has to answer.
1: So repeat right? that again. The hiring of new the employees. The hiring
2: of new employees yeah. or B, the culture and training you, you bring them into. And I say, before you answer, I'm going to give you the obvious answer is both okay, without a doubt, is both. It's like me saying, you know, Ron, if you're going to yeah. be in the yeah. physical top shape that you could be in, what's more important, your diet or working out? And right. and obviously, you right. couldn't both. achieve without both. But yeah. I, I ask, give me one extra percent. Give me 51%. And most people, you know, lean towards training and culture. I'd go and I go hiring.
1: I think I the other side, because I think if you hire wrong, then, then the... If you hire wrong, and, think- and
2: again, hiring is huge, and I spend chapters and, and 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 a lot of books on hiring. But you know, I go back to: Do we really think Disney found fifty thousand cast members born to serve?
1: Yeah, I don't think question.
2: there's five hundred human beings walking yeah. the planet mm-hmm. born to serve. But what Disney says, which I love, Walt himself said, "We don't put." our, uh, our, our uh, new employees in Disney, we put Disney in our new employees. Mm-hmm. and oh. I love that. Yeah yeah and so you know how about you but you know we, 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 we you know, I don't know if we hire that much better than anyone else, but we, we are able to really get you know you know the, the fire burned and, and we bring out you know their their passion and, and sometimes it's the same 21 year old that was working at the gap six months ago coming in three minutes late and, you know, disengaged.
1: Right. Right. And so let's go back to that for a sec, because, you know, I certainly in the private security industry, tough industry, low wage, 24 seven. And it was after your talk, John, and you talked a lot about Starbucks, you know, and, and putting their customer service vision statement, I believe inside the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, that's
2: apron green apron.
1: apron. Thank you. And, I really, you know, I, it was, at the time, I was also reading Francis Frey's book, on common Service. And I was like, you know, you mentioned it, but, but, but Starbucks is our competitor. We, if we compete from a customer service standpoint with them, then we win. And so I was at Starbucks. I, I love what you talked about. And so I studied how they hired, how they fired, how they managed uh, the culture. I talked to their people, their managers. They weren't in the security business. But to me, that from a customer service perspective was our competitor. Um,
2: you know, one thing, Ron, not to yeah. interject, but, but uh, something that you just hit on. I was talking to a, a president of an RV company yesterday yeah. and that we're working with, and, you know, he says, you know, we j- just crush our competition. Like RV, um, you know, isn't typically, you know, really good at customer service. Right. And right. I said, you know, it's kind of irrelevant, right? Because if I come and buy an RV from you, yeah. or get my RV that I bought from you serviced. I'm then not going across the street, down the street to your nearest competitor and saying, oh my God, you know, they, they suck compared to Ron's yeah. RV. So, you know, right. how you are compared to your, ne- if, if I use your company for security, I'm yeah. not using your competitor saying, oh my God, but I'm calling my accountant, I'm going to Starbucks, I'm going to the doctor's office, I'm going to the hair salon, and. You know, I'm then comparing. I call it the Disney hangover, right? We've all been to Disney, yeah. And then our 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 next 72 hours after we come home suck because right. everything compared to Disney is just horrible, yeah. And and I want to, you know, I want you know to have the Disney hangover. So if you deal with my company, you know, the DeJulius Group, yeah. You know, and, and we anticipate it. Absolutely, right? We'll get that right to you, Ron. Not your. We'll take care of it and then you call your accountant, your lawyer, whoever, I want to have the DeJulius Group hangover where, like, they're not as friendly. We're saying yeah. no a lot. But sorry, yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you, you made no, me but, think of it.
1: But So, sorry, I just want to make sure we're clear on this point, but you are saying that, because I thought you made two points here, you're saying that this, this hangover piece, but your first point was, it's not about the competition? I didn't, maybe I didn't follow.
2: No, I mean, it really isn't. Unless you're, you're a restaurant where we go to multiple di- restaurants per right. week, Okay, But, you know, it, it, especially in the B2B world but or in the hair salon, if you come and get a haircut today, you then don't go across the street. You don't need a, a salon for a few weeks or a few months.
1: But isn't the other side true where, okay, fine, I go to your salon, and but if I have a bad experience, I'm going. So it's almost like you, you need to have a level to keep me, otherwise I go to a competitor and I just shit on you anyway.
2: Yeah correct that if we suck we suck but yeah. I didn't want to be when we opened the hair salon 30 years ago we didn't want to be the best experience in a salon because right. again it's irrelevant because you come and, and and let's say we're average or above average you then won't use another hair salon right, right. for several, several That's months right. but but now you go, you know, from, from here, you have, you have a dentist appointment, then you're meeting your buddy for lunch, and then you are going shopping. And I want every uh, experience that day to pale in comparison to I the see. way we treated you. Got we remembered, it. Ron. Welcome back again, Ron. Right. Ron, how is your security business? And then you go other places, and it's, it's your 50th time there, and they're like, have you ever been here before? Yeah. Stand in
1: line. Um, Don't know. do this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. You know, you got to yeah. send off a a flare gun to get them to look up and check you in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, so oh, look, go back to hiring for a sec, John, because it's a, that was a great question. I think a lot of people think about that and you're right. It is probably a little 50, 50. When when I, why I went 51 on hiring is because, and I went back to my security experience, which was, we wanted great customer service. It was critical to our customers, our customers, customers, and their customers. You had this whole thing. It wasn't just how we managed the account; it was the shopping center and their cut and their their tenant and their tenant's customers. I mean, there was multiple customers here, and so we really looked at: we need people. If you're going to provide great customer service, you have to be empathetic, and because I I my belief was that you know, you'll only get so far with the checklist. Oh, great, John, smile for John. Like you're all now, if I have to make a decision, I'm going to screw this whole thing up, make something right for John. I'm done. The checklist doesn't cover that. And so we started a screen for empathy, which was to me is DNA. You can't train empathy. And that's why I went to training. What are your thoughts, John? When, when you're hiring people that can deliver this great customer service, are you saying that, look, as long as they can follow a process, they should be okay. And you have good process or, Or not, what what traits have you looked for and suggested for your clients to get the right hires who are delivering customer service? What's it look like? And again,
2: Ron, I am so obsessed with hiring. I think, I I call hiring, our hiring, any companies, is the 30 foot high fence with barbed wire on it. We are not for everyone. And we want to make it very hard for you to be part of our culture and legacy. So, you know, when I, when I, when I, I give that 50, that extra percent to the culture, it, people think I'm diminishing hiring, so I'll, I'll share some things. So I think you know, in our training, uh, you know, relationship building, which is the soft skill. You know, I think you know the, the 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 five keys is is you know the the authenticity, empathy, like you said, insatiable curiosity, love for people, and being a great listener. Now, of those five, I know for a fact, four can move the dial, it can be learned. And I actually think uh, empathy can be learned. I didn't have empathy when I started. Um, a lot of my frontline uh, employees don't necessarily have empathy, or I shouldn't say mine, but when we deal with customers, because if you look at most um, customer facing positions, okay, my hair salon, my average hairdresser is 25. Yeah, okay. we have over 120 something. Our average client is your wife, you know, 38 to 52, yep. um, and, you know, female, professional. So a 25-year-old cannot fathom what it's like to be a 45-year-old male or female. Okay. Yep. 24 hours enough time in the day, 36 hours enough time in day. Aging parents, pressure at work, mm. kids, you know, all those things. Now, it doesn't mean we change who we hire well, we got to teach them what a day in the life of, of their customer is. Right. And so that's why empathy didn't resonate, you know, at first, because I don't know why this woman is flipping out because I ran 10 minutes late, like chill out woman. Right. That could be a mentality. Well, let's look at where she's coming from. And she has to pick up her daughter at, you know, school at two and she just got ripped apart from her client and mm-hmm. the shipping didn't next day or package like she promised, you know? So, 25-year-olds sometimes can't relate to that. Right. Um, you know, all the things. The one thing I, I don't think, and I can give you some examples of how we we, uh, we um, uh, do this in the interview process, but I think love for people. I don't think all the training in the world can move the needle if you genuinely just, you know, don't enjoy other people or we find a position that's, you know, in a cubicle in the back room that you don't come in contact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but... Yeah, I, and so one of the things I love is you know our techniques that, that I've learned from other companies of how to make your interview process ungameable, right? Because ungameable. un-game-able because okay. so I, I I you know, typical business, I'm coming to interview at a typical business, I know you're probably going to ask me, "John, tell me two drawbacks, two, you know, disadvantages uh, uh, you know, two negatives of you." And I'm going to say, "Ron, I am a workaholic." am a perfectionist,
0: right? mm-hmm. Bam, I nailed that. You know, because yeah, yeah, those yeah. are
2: typical questions yeah. that come out of to you know, hopefully be on my A game and, you know, mm-hmm. say the things you wanna hear. So, you know, there's some things that that we have found. Um, the first one that, 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 you know, group interviews, I know you know about them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, so I love group interviews for a couple reasons. And I got this from Southwest Airlines, the nuts book, just like you, and, and, and a lot of, you know, good companies we don't want to waste six hours on six interviews on the first round, right? Instead, we bring in those six people and, you know, we share. Now, so that's a good time productive. But the other thing is the potential employee thinks, hey, I want each of you to tell me a time where you went above and beyond for a client, whatever. And they think whoever comes up with the best answer is going to, you know, win that interview. And, you know, you probably know what we're really looking for it, it going around. Do you know?
1: One second. I'm just making a note on something you're saying, John. Um,
2: what are know, we really viewing? What's that? What are we really viewing when we're asking each person to, you know, answer the same question? Yeah.
1: Look, uh, is the, their authentic answer how they're going to deal, you know, in a pressure situation and in public, you know?
2: Well, and so more so, we're, we want to see what you do, Ron Junior, nineteen yeah. years old, when uh, Amanda's answering, right? Do you check mm-hmm. out? You mm-hmm. start peeking at your 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 uh, Apple Watch, mm-hmm. um, you know, or are you looking at Amanda? I kind of laughing at something she says and making her feel good. That's is, what so. It's want.
1: not about the individual. It's about it's about the the group surrounding and their reaction to the answer. I like that.
2: Right. There's because another it, one because that the I
1: counterpoint, that, uh, well, the counterpoint of that was going to be, hey, it's not fair for the individual. What if they're nervous? But to your point, it's not about them and their answer in a lot right. of ways, yeah. right? I
2: mean, because you know, anyone can think of the best the answer and, yeah. and, and all those. But another one of my favorites, the CEO of Charles Schwab, um, does when it's a C level uh, hire, okay, yeah. and he's involved and whatever process of the interview process, it might be the third, fourth interview, whatever, he will take you out to breakfast at his favorite diner, right? Coffee, you know, and he will have them screw up your order. Everything you order, you want, you know, scrambled eggs, you'll get sunny side. You want ketchup, you'll get Tabasco sauce to see how you react in that environment.
1: I love it. That is oh, beautiful. It's so cool. I love those things. Have you yeah. done that? Have you tried that yet?
2: I haven't yet. I haven't I'm gonna yet. I'm going to do
1: that. I just had breakfast. I'm like, I should have screwed that whole thing
2: up. That right. Really well, unfortunately, you, you kind of don't have to. They, they sometimes do anyway, right?
1: Because I've heard the other one where I thought you were going to say he forgets his wallet and just sees how that person, if they pick up the tab or wow. how they react to that. That's very interesting. I love that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so so the yeah. group interview, I love that. How how? So it's more about, look how do I react when, when, uh, Amanda gives a stupid answer or, you know, or how do I treat or a great
2: answer or a funny answer?
1: Right, right.
2: And are you even listening to Amanda or right. just thinking about your answer and right. how you can, you know, one her?
1: I love that. That's great. And so that is, so what else, what are some other, uh, cause that is beautiful. What are some other things that you're suggesting or doing in-house, uh, that, that help you get there, get to the right folks.
2: Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, our thing is about, you know, you have to deliver the five E's. Okay. Yeah. When you work for us, which is um, eye contact, enthusiastic greet, ear to your smile, engage and educate. Okay. And, and, you know, and so it's like when you walk in the door, Ron, yeah, right. I just did the first three and then engage. It's about Ron, Ron's life, not mine and educate is, you know, obviously, but you know, so we count those, on the interview process. Now you don't know we're tracking that, mm-hmm. but we're going to see how many times you smile, how many times you make eye contact, how many times you show enthusiasm. Now th- th- I- I'm so uh, mm. I-, I can't uh, warn your your listeners enough on this point. Do not do this unless you are a hundred percent confident that you- your interviewer is you know doing those right. Little- so if I'm interviewing little- you, Rod. And say, so, Ron, tell me about your last job. Ron, I see that you played, you know, college hockey. You know, tell me about that, right? And if I'm showing you, through, if I'm doing the five E's and you're not, okay, we're not, a, you're not a right fit. If I can't get you to, you know, light up, if I can't get a smile, I can't get to make I get, however, if your interviewer is, 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 is not doing those, it's unfair to expect the interviewee to do them. So right. you got to make sure pick pick the energy
1: year. it's almost a cue anyways correct
2: correct. Yeah. correct
1: yeah that's really
2: interesting
1: yeah i love yeah. that and and so what about so you've done the hire you've got some nice things here I, I love that and talk about onboarding what does onboarding with the right culture look like to you what is what does it look like in in, in the greatest customers that you work with in your own business
2: yeah so what we've learned one of the best things i ever learned from like the Ritz Carlton is you know, and Disney, is number one, you know, we have a phenomenal orientation, okay? Yep. Actually, sometimes our orientation's too good. And what I mean by that is, you know, hopefully the interview process, you, you know, you're, you're pumped up saying, man, this company's great. And you're hearing the rags to riches story of, yep. of, you know, someone who started off on the front line and now he's a VP. And like, yep. wow, that could be me. And all, you get really excited. Well, And our orientation is really good. And, and, but we got to be careful because sometimes our orientation sets you up for like, this is the greatest job ever. We all hug each other, go home. And, you know, and and, and that, that's not reality, right? I so mean, you're, you're going to have, have the Disney
1: hangover. Now it can work against you in your own business.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So we want to make sure we have, you know, uh, uh, realism, with optimism and say you're gonna get beat up sometimes and it's gonna be hard especially at first because you're not gonna know a lot right you know just because of the learning curve but what we learn so our orientation is really good and we make it fun instead of like sitting about policy and chewing gum and being late we will do a lot of that in a scavenger hunt and where you have to go find the answers and if you have multiple locations you go to them and you might run in and, and you'll see someone and say hey. Um, you know I don't even know you but I'm a new employee I run into the location I see that you know you work with for us and I go up to you and say hey can you answer this um, who's the person who set the record for you know whether to, you know whatever and, and uh, wow. existing employees love it because you know you love when you know the answer so if I see a new employee running around and if I wasn't the owner, I'd go over and say, what, what, what do you got left? What do you got? Oh, that's him. And you got to take a picture <laughs> or you got to, you know, do this. So it also helps. It's fun. It's not sitting in a room saying if you chew gum, you get sent home. If you're day, late more than two, you get sent home. You find that out, you know, the fun ah, stuff.
1: Through, that is, I've never heard that. Who's doing that? I love this.
2: You know, one of our, 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 our five-star resort companies, Nemecolon Resort, they do this. I but here's the other thing that I love that I got from my orientation. I got this from the Ritz-Carlton. So they, they make you take orientation every other year, okay? Meaning, if you are hired in 07, you have to take orientation 09, 2011, 2013. If you're hired in 2014, you're taking it 2016, 2018. Too. And so we do that now, and it's the best. Because now we'll have, you know, let's say we'll have 15 people in orientation. Yep. Seven are, are, are new and eight are, you know, rehired. Yep. I mean, I'm sorry, existing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But a lot of things come from it. Everything that they said happens, happens. First, um, our orientation is better than it was, you know, the year you probably took it, right? More yep. information. But you get rejuvenated. You forgot our story. You forgot where we came
0: yeah. from. But
2: then the best, the best is you become like Uncle Ron, where you, you, you would take over the class, our existing employees take over the class and say, you guys don't know how lucky you are. When we started, we had to, you know, we were barefoot and had to, you know, carry this stuff up, a you know, mile you know, uh, both ways, but they get so proud and protective and they become Mm -hmm. kind of guardians of our culture.
1: Yeah, they're joining, and, they're now part of this. They they, they, they might remember yeah, something. And then you in. see
2: it, a difference yeah. in, in the existing employees who've been here five, ten years. You see a difference of bouncing their stuff for the next two weeks. Wow. And I get cards from people saying, Who've been here for ten years, saying, I forgot how amazing we are,' and thank right. you for having it. And it really it does more for the existing employees than it does wow. for the new. I yeah.
1: love that. I love the gamification and onboarding because, you know, we certainly at uh. In our businesses, we have an onboarding checklist, and people we, we kind of, you know, as you join the team, different people will deliver different things, but not in a gamification way. Because I was thinking of games in some case, I, I couldn't connect how we would do that. I love that. That is just, uh, I see that really working and being fun and a, and a funner way to engage people than even what we're doing today. I love that, John. And I, yeah. I, I do think that a lot of people miss the importance of re onboarding, you know. Because you're right, you know we do forget as we're in the minutia, we're into the weeds. You forget how this thing started. And you 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 could go back to your first day and guide those other people. I can see that totally reenergizing. I think that is awesome, and I think most of us would totally take that for granted as hey, they were on board even 20 years ago. The company, especially those companies who change, they're new companies every two to three years, exactly. brand new businesses. Yeah, love that, exactly. John. That's great. And and what about Talk about sustaining the culture now. So we've hired, we've onboarding, what are we doing to sustain the culture? You know, uh, are, are you suggesting themes with your clients? What, what, what things are you doing that you see, wow, when the clients do this, they're getting it right and from CEO down to front lines. Because I know you've got some, some larger clients with probably multiple layers, frontline staff.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I think sustaining a culture is, I, I think we have to stop trying to find great employees. Yeah. And focus on being the type of company great employees find, right?
0: Yeah. And
2: you know, so when you think of Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. And, and you know, your son or daughter is in high school and they need a part-time job. You know, I'm sure just by the sheer reputation, and I know they're not out in Canada, but um, you know, just by the sheer reputation, you're going to say you, you have to go work for Chick Fil A. You know, right. if you if you want a part time job, that's the place, or or Starbucks, or whatever it may be. So on I on think, that note,
1: John, Chick Fil A, we used to play their day in the life of a customer for our uh, entire onboarding for everybody on board our heads, company. Right? that's the best right and maybe you were the first person to show i can't remember yeah what I yeah from.
2: that's the first thing we do which goes back to the first comment i talked about is helping employees have empathy yeah, for their yeah. customer because now i see ron a ceo and i'm not a ceo so let's say I'm, I'm your account executive yeah now i understand a day in his life and the pressures and he's worried about losing his number one client and you know, with the pandemic, is doing ASL layoff furlough. Now I'm gonna understand why he's chop chop when yeah. we talk, or yeah. whatever that is. So mm-hmm. it, it, you know, creating those day in the life of a customer. But um, I think you know, just making sure that we are doing things, building relationships with our employees, knowing their and, and, and I'm sure you've heard me talk about family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. We're Dude, supposed we to-
1: run that play. Ever I should have said that earlier. we <laughs> we run that play. You finish. I have to tell you a very funny story. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just gonna say we we use that. You know, outside of even the, the customer service stuff, because our business, you know, Conley Owens, which is really HR, uh, we do onboarding. Uh, recruiting, and, and people culture programs. We want to put this incredible board together, like a, a board of all the best people that were really in HR that from the companies that we want to play homage to. So it was like Zappo, Southwest Airlines, you know, and so we used that philosophy. I should send you a, a talk I did about this, but we we ran that program on their key individuals to ask them to join our advisory council. And, you know, you're talking director of people and culture from Zappo southwest they have no idea who i am where halifax is they don't know anything about us and we use that process to put a box together of all the things that they liked and we literally threw these hail marys at them and and five out of six joined our board and so we use that exact technique it was so powerful so thank you john continue i, I love it. ford them. ford every
2: time yeah so so what we you know teach in in you know, building a, a, a relationship with clients is, you know, I have to focus on your Ford. If, if I have a conversation, if anyone has a conversation, you know, for five minutes or 45 minutes, you know, focus on the other person's Ford. So I'm not throwing up on you about me and, you know, my world and how my flight was delayed and how my son's in trouble. Because right. that's a, an easy place to go. Right. And so when we focus on the other person's Ford, um, if you know two or more things as someone's Ford after you you interacted with them, a stranger, client, coworker, UPS man, um, you not only built a relationship, you own the relationship because to each and every one of us, our personal Ford, F O R D, is our hot buttons. It's what gets us going, right? I'm just sure so
1: everybody, go through the Ford yeah, if you don't mind yeah, yeah. for family,
2: yeah. right? You know, F family. Is he married? Does he have kids? How old are his kids? What activities are his kids into? occupation, you know, what's he do? What's his title? Who's he do it for? How long's he been doing it? R recreation. This is a lot of people's hottest buttons, right? He's a runner. He coaches little league. He does hot yoga or she does hot yoga. And then dreams right? What's on their bucket list? What's their favorite charity that they want to start? What's, you know, their um, encore uh, career that they're working towards? So you can do this very easily. An, and and actually, I have it right here. It's in our CRM system, but I also have it sitting right next to my desk. So because a lot of times you don't have to ask people, right? You'll be saying, all right, Ron, you're my, you're my, you know, project lead that we're consulting with. And I'll be like, "All right, Ron." um, I, we'll have our regular call next Wednesday. And yeah. you might say, no, no, John, I'm on uh, going on vacation with the family next Wednesday. Bam! catch that. Ron, where are you going? Uh, we're going to Atlantis. Oh my God. Where are you staying? I've always wanted to go, uh, the Royal Palace. Now, if you're a VIP, you know, there might be something in your room when you arrive for you and your wife or you and your kids. If, if, if we don't have that, I'm just circling back two weeks from Wednesday saying, Ron, tell me about the Royal Palace. Right. And it, so going back to, we have to know as leaders, the Ford of our employees mm-hmm. um, and celebrate those things. We also have caught you doing something right cards that mm-hmm. we have to send out. Our leaders have to send out and, and you have to hand in a report once a month. And let's say you have 10 direct reports as a, as a, 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 director. And, and so you send in the report and, you know, I'll look at it and say, Ron, you haven't sent Jeremy, you know, in, in whatever, uh, maintenance, you haven't sent him a, a caught you doing some right card in three months. Ron. The dude comes to work every day. Like, nice. you know, Shame on you. So, you know, it, it starts putting pressure on you. Now, the other thing you're, I just.
1: John, you're culture shaming. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's
2: something else that, that I just got into. And it, it's uh, listen, I didn't invent this. It's been around forever. But I was reading uh, a, a book um, you know, uh, on kindness by Adrian Banker. And it's your, uh, your our, our, our superpower is kindness. And, you know, and it sounds like fluff, but when you start reading it, it, it really makes you think of how you can be kinder. But the one thing she talks about is just instead of texting Ron, your employee, Ron, your client, Ron, your brother, Ron, your son, um, hey, I'm really proud of you, send him a video text, right? And, you know, it's, I, I couldn't believe the impact that I started doing it every morning, you know, or every day. And, you know, if I come in contact with an employee, I just say, hey, Ron, I just want to let you know, man, that was an awesome experience. I'm so proud. You, I could see why Eric, your leader, um, tells me all the time what a rock star you are. I mean, it's actually quicker than typing it. And you wouldn't believe the reaction. Same thing with my son. You know, instead of saying, hey, I love you, I'm proud of you, you sent him that little video. And so, to me, that's the number one culture hack um, just to really make people's day. Clients, you name it.
1: Huge impact. Huge impact. Yeah, I love that. Um, so, I want to talk to, you, you know, your last book, Relationship Economy. I'd, you know, talk about that, John. What is, what's the, the, the message, the key messaging behind that book?
2: Yeah, so the Relationship Economy – is um, you know uh, creating uh, stronger customer connections in the digital age. So you know everyone knows the past fifteen years, the digital revolution has really hurt our people skills. Even yep. old guys like me and you, and I think I'm I'm older than you, but you know you know forty one years
1: old, John. How old are you? Forty one years old.
2: You're a baby. I'm fifty six. Well,
1: you know, oh, you look younger than me. You're doing something. What are you eating, John? What are you eating in Cleveland?
2: um thank you it's it's filters on uh you know that's what zoom can do now you know um anyway uh so you know the digital revolution you know has brought us a lot of benefits but it's come at a significant cost and that cost is you know human interaction and now with the pandemic that's only you know heightened it significantly but it's in our dna we love you know connections and you know technology is not the enemy, but using it, only using it, you know, and removing the human connection is. So it's about, you know, finding ways to build relationships, knowing your Ford, you know, and, and your hot buttons. Um, even if I have to, and, and like this, we um, were ahead of the curve as far as um, the Julius group. We weren't allowed, none of my employees, including me, wasn't allowed to have a conference call with a client it had for the last three years. It had to be a, a video call way oh, before wow. the pandemic, because right. you know, Ron. If it's a if it's a voice and you're my client, I'm your client. I'm trying to sell you. You're, you know, your voice. You know, your voice. I, there's no yeah. connection, but I see yeah. you. You're a good-looking guy, and you laugh at my stupid jokes. And you know, and usually, you know, when you get in someone's office, you see where they graduated from, or you're like, Hey, Ron. You know, you this got a beautiful you. family. Right. Right. But you get so much forward yeah, yeah. just by being able yeah. to see things yeah. and build that relationship. So yeah. it's just about, you know, training employees um, on how to build relationship, having insatiable curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love this insatiable curiosity of being a great. If you don't ask, you know, if someone asks a, a question and doesn't ask two to three follow up questions, odds are you weren't listening. So, you know, mm. from my research, you know, you should have a four to one ratio of questions asked mm. versus answered. And mm. I'm, I'm totally screwing up on this podcast because all I'm doing is answering, but. Oh, uh,
1: no, I love that, four <laughs> to one, and you know, that you're doubling down, you're really digging, you're gonna find Ford, you're gonna find. It's
2: clarifying, right? right? And there's a, there's a myth I read in my research that says, being a sponge is a good listener. They say no, that's the worst listener. So being a sponge means I ask you a question, uh-huh. and then I just shut up and just once in a while say uh huh, uh huh. And they say that's a lousy listener. It, don't be a sponge, be a trampoline. Uh-huh. And what a trampoline does is I say, Rod, how did you get in the security? Oh, John, let me tell you. And then I ask more clarifying questions. Why, Rod? What? What? Why? What? 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 What does that look like? Uh-huh. How? And now I'm heightening. Your energy, and you're going deeper and deeper. So you know that's 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 you know uh, being a a a a, a a a a not a sponge but a trampoline.
1: Have you read Nine Lies About Work? I haven't. It's excellent. We just had Ashley Goodall, uh, our last guest on here. He's one of the authors with Marcus Buckingham. You probably heard that name. I don't know, if you know Marcus. Anyways, and they talked about this. You know, a, a, a conversation uh, acknowledgement to an employee usually ends with "Good job, good job, John." And they said, that's the biggest missed opportunity. Exactly what you're saying. It's, look, t- tell me how you did that. Tell me right. more about how you did that. How did you do that? And, you know, what made you think of that? And digging, digging, digging. You know, I, I love that. You're, you know, I think that that is, this seems to be one of the biggest missed opportunities from, from listening and observing to dig deeper on both sides, right? Yeah, that's yep. wonderful.
2: And, and something else you made me think of, Ron, is an attitude hack. The number one attitude hack right now in the world we're living in, in, the current circumstances, is, you know, making sure we stay positive, okay? Now, we have to avoid ourselves because what's, the, what's everything we want, everyone, clients, family, friends, want to talk about right now?
1: COVID. The pandemic. Well, actually, well, in Canada, it's uh, civil unrest Uh, pandemic and and politics in the U S
2: justice politics. I mean, it's crazy. Right. So, so, you know, that's not helping anyone. And and so like, if you're my friend, if you're my client, even though you, you know, we're, we're we're addicted to that conversation. The first thing we do is Ron, how are you doing through all Mm -hmm. this? How's your business? And you say it to me and we, we, you know, commiserate. Well, that's not helping anyone. And I want to be an escape for you as a friend or as a, a service provider, whatever it might be. So someone said, um, they a speaker at our event last year, Steve Neltenberg says the worst question during any time you can ask anyone is how you do it. Right. And that's what we all do. Hey, Ron, how you do it? Right. Even if you're a coworker. 50 hey, Ron.
1: 50, right. 50, this goes, exactly. good, 50 goes bad.
2: Ron says, Well, really? Well, we just had to put our dog down after 16 years, and the hemorrhoids are back. And you're like, Oh, shit, like, how do you recover from that, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're editing this, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: no, this is gold we're keeping. <laughs> so,
2: Steve says, Don't ever ask someone how they're doing, ask, say, start every conversation with it. Ron, tell me something good. And, you know, you're going to say, John, you know, me and the family went here this weekend, we're driving our daughter to college, you know, for a freshman year. It's something, my business just won an award, we just landed a big, and it's it's always something positive, and there's always Ford involved. So now we're in a better place and I'm congratulating you. Tell me more, Ron. What? Right. What's your major? What's, you know, how did you win the award? Oh my God. You know.
1: But let me play that back because I'm a frontline staff. Sounds like I'm going to do this one of two ways. Hey, John, tell me something exciting that's happened to you over the last. Yeah. Since I saw you last. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm priming, not like commanding, hey, tell me something good. Or is another version of that, John, God, I, I love your outfit. Where did you get that? That looks so nice on you. You know, so it's.
2: What's the best thing that happened to you today if it's if it's the end of the day if it's if it's 8 30 that. You know, that, that you woke up so you probably you know but tell me something Paul, tell me the best thing that happened to you this weekend all right tell me something exciting you got going on this coming weekend you know mm-hmm. however it is, it is tell me something good is i always get a great answer And lo and behold, you know, we didn't talk about COVID. We didn't talk about, you know, the the social unrest. We didn't talk about Trump or, you know, who's going to win the election. And, you know, you're feeling good. And every time you come in contact with me, you hang up or walk away with kind of a bounce in your step. Mm. And and you're going to want that more. So, you know, we all have that where when the phone, I I call, there's energy givers and there's energy suckers. Oh, yeah. Right. No. We have relatives that are energy suckers. We have, you know, friends that could mm-hmm. be energy suckers. And those are the kind when, you know, they call me, I am not be doing anything, but I can't, I, I just don't have the energy Gifted. or I'm in a good place and I don't want to go into that negative versus I see Ron Lovitz calling and I'm in the middle of something, I want to talk to him.
0: Yeah. Whenever yeah. I talk yeah. to
2: him, man, I am fired up. Yeah. I think I could take on, you know, run a marathon.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And I love that because what you just said too, John, this is, I think that is very practical and positive advice for anybody with frontline staff, anyone with staff, anyone with friends, family, et cetera, in in now in COVID times is focus and and pull that positive uh, out of whoever you're uh, interacting with. I love that. That is, I think if we could all do more of that, we'd all be happier during this uncertain time because You know, I've heard so many people, I was talking to a friend of mine who owns a spa and, you know, obviously like the health stuff. Okay, now, sir, you come in, do you have a mask? Fill this out, what's your temperature? It's all negative, 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 and it's changing all the time. I'm anxious as the employee, and we were talking about this two to one. What you can control is two to one. You look nice, welcome back. There's two, can you put your mask on? There's one negative. Two to one, two to one, two to one. You know, uh, just, just having control over two positives to a negative, you know, but I love what you're saying. Cause to me, the two to one is different than digging deeper and, and, and you controlling what's positive and me asking you more questions, about it. that will elevate you even more. I love yeah,
2: that. Yeah. And I, but I do like your, your positive. So one of our, our always, we have yeah. nevers and always, one of our always is, you know, say something positive or give them a compliment. So if you're face-to-face or whatever, and 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 sometimes I'll get pushback after I speak. Someone say, I don't like that you force your employees to say something positive. That's teaching them to be unauthentic. I said, no, no, no. Listen, you know, there's something positive or complimentary we can say. Yeah. So in normal times, okay, when we are face-to-face and I bump into you or you come into my store or whatever the business model is or we're Zooming, you know and we had to go to work right if you think about this ron i i i i can tell you're you're guilty of this because every time i see you you're put together okay most people are
0: we, we
2: we we look at our clothes we pick out an outfit you know maybe the night before we wake up we're second guessing if that shirt goes with that sport jacket or those shoes go with that and we go to our significant other was it you like this better than this and, she rolls her eyes and says they're both great, right? But we we stress about, because it's important to us. So now I've, I've stressed that, somebody, you know, should I wear this jacket? And then you say, John, I love that sport. I love the way that shirt, you know, looks. And it's like, bam, you just reward it. Now, don't mm-hmm. say it if it's, if it's, you know, full of crap, but love your shoes, right? Love that tie. Or if I can't find anything on you, I say, Ron, I hope you enjoy the unseasonably warm weather we're having outside. So right. that's usually the cue that I can't find anything on you to compliment. You don't like
1: them, <laughs> John, Next time you greet me about the weather, I mean, like John doesn't like me. This is right.
2: Not- I gotta go home and change, you know, <laughs> honey. You said I look good in this,
1: <laughs> John. I want, I want to wrap you. You gave me a thought, which was the one of the most important things I got from your talk and I believe it was the customer service bill of rights that we're calling this, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Never okay, so I want to talk
1: about yeah, Because yeah, we talked about that and we built it for the security business for us. It was so important. And to me, the missing key in our business was how do you measure customer service? And it was a customer service bill of rights that allowed us to do that. Can you tell everybody what that is? I'd like to kind of wrap with that. It's Yeah.
2: So, so it, it, it's usually most people's favorite, like it was yours because it's really easy. Simple. Um, it's common sense, so it's, it, it's not, so, so three things. One, um, it's, it's three words or less. Two, it's not stage specific. And what I mean by that is we all have our journey maps and when you call, I answer the phone. It's not right. necessarily stage specific.
1: It's not flow it, specific. This happens, this happens, this happens, no, right.
2: It, it, it's, if I'm representing your brand mm-hmm. and this situation comes up and it may or may not, today or this week, I would never do it this way always do it this way, internally, externally, to the you know, pizza man, to you know, my coworker, to the client. So yeah. never say no, okay? Now, the always isn't say yes. There's a lot of things we can't say yes to. The always is focus on what you can do. So you right. might say, John, can I have 100 books sent to my office this afternoon?
1: So John, oh, right. right there, we use that in security because what would happen is the security guard would be at the mall, a kid skateboarding, and we use customer service bill rights to train them to say, you can't, you know, I'm sorry, sir, you're, you're unable to skateboard here, but what you can do is skateboard yes. the park across the street.
2: Right. Then and we get it right? Safety, for your safety and the safety of all our customers. And then all of a sudden you're spinning it. You don't feel like, uh, you know, a, a prick. You're, you're yeah. protecting me and you're looking out for my best interest. Right. Right. right, right so, um, you know, never say no problem. Uh, in Canada, it might be no worries or or or, or whatever it is, but a, just but a, uh just a, just uh yeah, Always say certainly, my pleasure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, never point, always show oh, them.
1: We use that. If B to B,
2: a lot of people are like oh that only applies to B 2 C. When you B to B is is over the phone and via email. If Ron, my customer, calls me and says, you know, uh, can I order a hundred books? Oh, Ron, that's Lindsay's job. Um, and she's actually off until so Monday. You want to try her Monday? Well, that would be pointing. Or, you know, you'd say, you know, uh, how do I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'd say, you can get that off our website. No, 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 no. That's pointing. Ron, let me uh, send you the link. Let me see if I can answer that question for you. So, things like hey, that. Boy, I'm booking for
1: you right now. I'll do it for you right now, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, Never that's over-share.
2: right. Never overshare. Just mm-hmm. take care of it. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and we love to overshare because we want to make sure, you know, it wasn't my fault, mm. Rod. It wasn't my fault. Lindsay booked it uh, for, you know, 10 a.m. Eastern standard time. And, and she always gets her result. Just apologize, make it right. If yeah. we got to take someone out back and whip them, that's our business. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we don't have to overshare.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot
2: of those, mm. um, you know, uh, you know, simple things of just nevers and always mm. that, you know, really separate being professional versus, uh, and, and you don't want them, you don't want them open for personal interpretation. So a personal interpretation would be, we always return call, the customer's calls promptly. Mm-hmm. Well, your promptly could be two hours. Mine could be two weeks. Amanda's could be two days, right? That's, that's, you don't it. want that. You want it specific. We always return customers' calls same day, mm-hmm. within 24 business, whatever that looks like. Now, there's no personal interpretation.
1: And sorry, how many, because we've also, my other company's called Vita Living, so we own multifamily residential buildings, all workforce affordable housing. We use the same thing, customer service bill, right, John? I love it. I'm, I forgot that came from you, by the way, so I owe you again. I'm going to have to That's send okay. you a Okay, or something. And so, uh,
2: Rod, just so you know, I don't know if you ever heard this, if you take, copy something from someone, it's plagiarism. If you copy, you know, more than a dozen, it's research. So you're just a good researcher.
1: I've switched over. Today, it's gone. I was plagiarizing. Now I'm researching as, as of today. <laughs> um, and so when you, is there a number, because everyone thinks scalability here. If we have 52 of these, John, not going to work. What is the number? Yeah, What's the sweet spot? Eight to 10. Eight to 10. I thought, <laughs> I, okay. Yeah
2: very low and and, and 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 because I you know we, we, we want you to know it we want yeah. you to you know we, we audit it we, we want to make sure we'll we even have games
1: and how do I execute that I've got 50,000 staff across the globe how do I get that to them to guide them what's the best tools at a wallet card what are we doing here yes we yeah, talk so we about on we have,
2: we, have, we have credo cards um, Beautiful. And, and launch it and you know so, so there, you know you got you got to create it you got to launch it you got to measure it. And then we also have to make sure that, you know, um, you know, everyone learns it. So there, there's an online application that you have to take a test. And to, to so onboarding
1: probably. Eh? Or yes. so on.
2: yeah. But we also do it, you know, continuously just so you don't get away from it. Mm-hmm. And, and also in our pre-shift huddles, we will, you know, visit one of them and we'll say, Hey, If the never is overshare, what's the always? And then you won't talk about that one today, but we'll say, does anyone have an example of where they maybe overshared or they didn't overshare and they did it right? And it just keeps that presence of mind and brand, uh, you know, mind awareness of, and also, you know, the worst thing you could do, these are simple, but the worst thing you could do is um, just roll them out. And say, you know, never say no, never. And then because what I'm thinking as an employee is, yeah, I never do that. I've seen Ron do that, but mm-hmm. I never do that. Mm-hmm. So we always recommend giving two to three examples of what they look like in, in your business. So, like one is um, never show frustration publicly. Mm-hmm. Always be a duck. And a duck is the most graceful, beautiful thing gliding oh. across the water. I've seen when ra- no-
1: maybe they ratting and quacking out. No.
2: <laughs> Underneath the water, it's padding like how. Okay,
0: right,
2: right, right. And so, you know, so when I hear that, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I never do that. Mm-hmm. But then you give some examples and you're not calling anybody out, but you, you, you know, you might be picking on yourself, or you could say, you know, you might be running late, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're running through the office, um, and we can tell you're running late. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh man, I am guilty of that, right? Yeah. Or I've done it on stage, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I spout on this, but if I have an AV problem, and something's not working, you know, I, I might, you know, show it versus the AV guy will take care of it. He's running, he's getting me a new mic, and I keep on going. That would be, you know, never, that would be being a duck. Right. But sometimes I'm like, hey, dude, dude, you know, what's going on here? You know, it's like, that's so, I wasn't a duck there. You know, right. I mean, right. he's aware that, you know, my microphone went out or the projector went out, And I don't need to, you know, draw more. I could go off and tell a story while he, you know, resets it.
1: Yeah, got it. John, this was incredible. I I really love the conversation. I was making notes. I apologize because I'm, you know, I'm still an entrepreneur and I'm still learning. And so I was trying to capture this. I should probably be. I've
2: learned as much from you over the years. So I love your book. I love your presentations. That's why we're having you speak next year at the 2021 Customer Service Revolution. So our, our uh, clients, our revolutionaries can uh, hear about all the amazing things you've done and are doing.
0: For more information on John DeJulius and anything related to scaling culture, please see the show description for details. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest.